Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome in. So Wednesday morning. What is going on? College football. Time to start looking forward to the weekend. BYU and Utah with media availability on Tuesday. Then they Well, BYU has some today, and then they'll pretty much shut it down. Uh, defensive players I think will be available today. Uh, offensive players were available yesterday, and it's time to hear from a couple of them. And we're going to start you off with Gunnar Romney. Had the big catch to set up uh, the Cougars' touchdown when they needed that fourth-quarter TD, and they went and got it. It was at the end of that wild scramble by Zach Wilson. Gunnar Romney talking about that and a few other things as we look back to USC and look ahead to a big game with Washington this weekend. Let's start you off with BYU wide receiver Gunnar Romney with the media on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What happened on that play, the, the late pass that Zach, what, did you just break free? What happened on that play? Yeah, so uh, I was just running my route. Zach got a little bit of pressure, did a little scramble drill. And so that's one thing that we, we work on in practice all the time. So I just, I just saw him scrambling, so I took off down the field, and he hit me. And so it was a big-time play in a big-time situation. He said after the game that that wasn't a very good pass. He wasn't very happy with that. Did he apologize? Because if he leads you, it looked like you might have gone all the way. You know, he actually did text me. He's like, I'm sorry for that one. But, you know, he, he made a great great play in the backfield getting away from all the defenders. So I don't blame him at all. He, he made a huge play, and it, was, it came up big. Gunner, looking at the last two weeks where you guys have been able to rally in the fourth quarter from a deficit each, each of your runs, what's kind of been the connecting factor, connecting thread that's sparked both of those rallies? Um, I think it just shows the toughness of this team. Um, we're, we obviously uh, we've been able to come back and be able to persist in those in those hard situations at the end of games. So I just I think it shows the character that this team has in in and not giving up and, and, and fighting to the very end and being able to come out on top in, in those tough situations. It felt like the teams have been better at the last two weeks than maybe the first week when you kind of got down a little bit more. Was that a, a team thing that the leader, because a lot has been ta- made of the, the team leadership, was that something you guys kind of said, hey, we got to be better and more resilient in these type of circumstances? Yeah, for sure. I think I think we've all kind of woken up after the first week, and so it's kind of been... Um, this is this is our team, so we need to take it on our shoulders as as a team, and and so we've we've all been kind of kind of working to to make it the season that we want it to be, and so I think it's just we've all kind of taken it upon ourselves to do it, and it's it's been a team effort. We have tons of great like senior leadership on the team, so it's it's been good. Everybody's been kind of uh, the morale of the team is up pretty good right now. How much fun was it for you to be on the field at the end of that game after, Man, with that everybody was, going nuts? That was an awesome experience. I've never really been part of a like a storming the field type situation, and it, it was awesome. I couldn't get off the field for like an hour just because everybody was still on there just, just cheering and going crazy, but it was it was such a cool experience. Zach completed uh, passes to 12 different receivers on, on Saturday. How does that help you guys, knowing that it can come to you at any any given time? It's awesome just knowing we have tons of different weapons, and so we can we can score and we can make plays from tons of different uh, tons of different places. And so it's, it's cool as like a receiver knowing that whenever your opportunity is called, you can go out and make a play. And so it's not just one guy we're going to all the time. So you can you can really step up, and when your opportunity comes, you have an opportunity to make a big play. How much, how much motivation do you get from a game in the previous year against one team, maybe didn't go your way, like with Washington, how much motivation do you get for the game next where you get an opportunity to face them again? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you always want to prove yourself against everybody, but especially a team that kind of got the better of you um, uh, the year before. So you want to... You have that extra motivation to come out and to work hard because you don't want to you don't want it to happen again, and so you kind of play with a chip on your shoulder because they 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 came on top last year and so we want to be able to come on top this year. 
I know you weren't here when they came, when Wisconsin came here and beat BYU. You guys went back there last year. What was the talk leading up to that game last year? Yeah, so it's it's pretty much the same thing. Like uh, the team got the better of us uh, the year before, so we wanna we wanna be able to beat them this year. And so it just kind of adds the intensity and practice and that focus, saying uh, we don't want it to happen again. And so it just it just kind of helps the team overall with motivation. They really kind of handcuffed you offensively last year. We were able to shut down the offense. Mm-hmm. What did you learn about that? And what have you learned looking at them this year, maybe getting ready now for to, yeah. to face this Washington defense? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a great defense. They've always been for the past couple of years. And so um, it's just it's another opportunity that we have to go. We've already played a couple of really good defenses and, and with tons of athletes all across the board. I think this is another team with a great defense. So we have another opportunity to go out and show what kind of an offense we are and how we can put up points. On those those creative plays, the scrum, the throw to Zach, Mm -hmm. were those installed this this year, or did you guys have those last year? Um, I mean, most of the time it's it's like situation based, so we do it off of a team, like what we think will work against the team. So obviously, we had we had a couple carryover from last from last season, um, just because we think that it would work good in a certain situation, but we. We, we game plan and we think if a special play can work against the team, then we're going to put it in that week. You guys have played three physical games. I imagine everybody's feeling a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Coach said that you know a lot of guys are you know, still kind of looking at their position. But how do you guys feel in the locker room about health-wise and physicality and being ready for a fourth straight you know, really yeah. physical game? I mean, that's just football. I mean, you're going to get bumps and bruises and you're going to get a, get a couple injuries. And... Um, you just have to push through them. I know a couple of guys have, have done a really good job of pushing through injuries, and so I don't think it's really a, a really like a downer on our team right now. I think we're all kind of like just understand it's part of the game. We need to push through it, and I think everybody's done a really good job of it so far. What does it mean to the offense to get Moroni back on the field? It's awesome just having another weapon like that. I mean, him and Bushman at, at tight end. That's they're two really really great receiving and blocking tight ends, and so it's it's awesome to just have another weapon. Another thing that defenses have to scheme for and prepare for, and so it's it's been it's 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 great to see him making a comeback and be starting to make plays on the field again. Back to back weeks, you guys are coming off of a really big emotional kind of hype induced win, obviously Tennessee and now USC, and then you got to turn around for another big game. I guess is there a formula or something that coaches tell you to kind of strike that balance of like yeah, celebrate this win because you want to celebrate it, but also we got to get ready for the next game. Yeah, so it's the it's pretty much the same thing with wins and losses. So we we say you have the weekend to celebrate it, but as soon as Monday starts, that game's in the past. We don't think about that game anymore. Um, we go through the film, we learn our mistakes and the positives, and we want to build off of both of them. And so, but once we start uh, Monday practice, the past game is the past game, and we have to focus on the new opponent and the task at hand. There's BYU wide receiver Gunner Romney. When we come back, we'll hear from Tyson Williams. We're also going to hear from the coordinators BYU's defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki, and Utah's offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right, we're going to hear from the Utes and the Cougars in this segment as they get ready for big games. The Utes are going to play USC on Friday night, and Saturday afternoon, Washington will visit BYU. Will Tyson Williams have another big game? Coming off a 99-yard performance against USC, here's Tyson Williams with the media. What was the media attention you got It's your previous school, South Carolina, versus the media attention you're getting here at BYU. How does that compare and contrast? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like my role is a little bit bigger here, so I was just attributed to that. But um, I mean, you still have to talk to the media there. You know, I'm still have to do it here, and that's just that's just you know what you have to do when you're involved in sports. So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Tyson, you last two games you've you've had 90 plus rushing yards. You've you've had a chance to really make a mark on the offense. Where do you feel like you've evolved over the past three games to where you're able to make that kind of contribution? Uh, I feel like running the ball is kind of something that I've always done naturally. So I mean, I'm just trying to clean up my game outside of that um, receiving and blocking. You know, just trying to take you know those things to the next level. Come in here with just like a year left of eligibility. What is it that you needed to accomplish or prove in this last year um, going forward with football as a career? Yeah, I was just like I said, um, just pretty much just cleaning up my game, uh, you know, in the receiving aspect, blocking aspect, just being accountable, accountable in all situations. So um, just kind of wanted to do that, and I feel like I've been doing it up until this point. What do you feel like the offense learned from that game? Because there were stretches that were brilliant, stretches where you kind of struggled a little bit. What do you feel like the offense gained? Yeah, so I just feel like, uh, I mean, that's how most games are going to go. I mean, it's not just going to be all one-sided. So um, you, have to, you have to take the ups and the downs. And um, regardless of the situation, you have to keep fighting and keep chipping away. And um, I think that's what this team has been doing. Been doing great. Everybody will look back at the at Micah's catch and then obviously the way that the offense played in overtime mm-hmm. as to kind of this offense kind of finding its groove. Is there is there a moment where you, you kind of feel like offensively everything just started to fit and start to work? Uh, yeah, I, I just think, um, like I say, I mean, in, in games, you know, it's not going to go all our way. Um, and you just have to keep, you know, just keep playing and, and keep executing. And, uh, you know, things will fall our way eventually. Um, but in the game, I don't really think, you know, f- for me, I don't really have like a time where I just say it's just, um, it's all fitting. I, f- I feel like, you know, every time, you know, we're on the field, I feel like it all fits. But, um, just like I said, we just kind of have to keep chipping away and just, um, just trying to keep improving. You guys have dodged a couple of bullets, but how proud of the is the offense that you guys haven't had any turnovers in the last couple of games? That's good. That's that's probably the main thing that you want to do. Um, every time you step out on the field, you don't want to have any turnovers, like I said, because that just gives the defense uh, momentum, and a lot of times it just gives them great field position and stuff like that. So anytime we can, um, you know, not turn the ball over is great. You like. You've played in a lot of big games, both at the real USC and now here the last couple of weeks. How do you kind of compartmentalize, I guess? How do you kind of celebrate big wins and then also keep in mind of, like, we got to move on to the next game and prepare for the next game and that kind of thing? Yeah, so like I said, I mean, it's pretty much like the 24-hour rule. Um, celebrate it and, you know, you enjoy the victory. But, um, you know, once Monday comes around, you're ready to get back to work. So like I said, you know, college football is a one-week season, so – you know, you can't you can't be thinking about last week when you have a great opponent coming up this week. How much do you know of the, the Washington defense at this point? I haven't really seen them too much. Uh, I pretty much just know that they're a great team, great offense. Um, they have a great quarterback. So uh, today will probably be my first chance to look at them. On that scrum, whatever they call it, with Kyrus in there, mm-hmm. why did they go with Diane instead of you? 
Uh, it's just something that we've had in since the first day I got here. So um, I think he did it last year, if I'm not mistaken. He was behind uh, Matt Hadley, so it's just something he's, he's more comfortable with. Did he campaign for Kyrus to block for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we can get that installed, that would be great. What type of feedback have you gotten about the dance moves? Because that's gotten a lot of national, you know, when you guys are dancing in the locker room. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just attribute um, that to Coach Coach Kalani. Um, haven't really heard too much from too many people about it, but uh, I think it's just a great time just for us to come in the locker room, celebrate, and all come together and um, be proud of that moment. How do you rate Coach's dance moves? Because he was saying his daughters don't really like them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does all right. <laughs> Your mom plays a large role on Twitter, obviously, with um, how motivated she is, but how much she respects what you're doing. Is it a little bit harder um, being away from home now that she can't make it to every game because she does have other duties? Or, and what kind of role does she play in your football career? Uh, she plays a huge role. And uh, last week, that was the only game that she plans on missing. So, I mean, she'll probably be at every other game um, from here on out. But, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just uh, happy for her. And always, she's always had my back, always supported me. So, um, I just know that's one person who's going to be in my corner regardless. You know, Tyson, through your transfer and then fall ball and just getting to know this team and now into the season, what for you personally are you most proud of within, like, yourself along this whole journey of getting settled as a BYU Cougar? Uh, I think for me, um, I would just say just trying to be a great teammate, um, whether it's, uh, like, me playing or – also, just being in a leadership role, um, talking to the younger guys on the team, just giving them some of the knowledge that I've learned throughout my career um, so, you know, they don't have to go as, um, go through as many bumps and bruises. And um, hopefully, you know, my knowledge can make their path a little bit easier. But that's, that's something that uh, I really, I really take, um, take pride in. And uh, I'm just glad that, you know, I can, I can be in that position and be able to do that. There's BYU running back Tyson Williams. Now, here's the Cougars' defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. Washington week, what lessons were learned last year in the loss against the Huskies that you feel uh, the, the staff and yourself have learned from the play of this week? Different different game, different team, um, different players. And so we looked at last year's a little bit. Game plan, game plan is uh, going to be slightly different just because of the players that we have. And so... Uh, there's, there's not as much that we're looking at as far as that, besides uh, maybe just being a little bit more stout or ready for the run. Uh, last year, just didn't feel like we were. How pleased were you with, to see a, a three-man rush consistently? I mean, getting those five, six seconds, getting that consistent rush every, every down. It was good. It was good. It's kind of part of the plan, and and uh, ended up working out in this last game. Lorenzo really seemed to have his best game. Would you agree with that? And I almost led to his progression. He, he's, he's a good player. You know, he's. Uh, <clears throat> Struggled with some uh, just getting banged up a couple times when he really started to, to rise to the top. And so injuries kind of, uh, um, you know, slowed him down a little bit. But he's, he's always been a good player, really smart, and did a good job on Saturday. How is Washington different offensively this year versus what you saw last year? They're not. I mean, just different players, different players. And so they do a good job getting the ball to their to their playmakers. But, I mean, it's, uh, it's the same type of offense uh, scheme-wise as we look at it. Uh, difficult to defend. They do a lot of good things that uh, spread you out uh, in the field in the past game as well as um, just doing a good job sticking to the run and, and uh, demanding that they run it. And so uh, I, don't, I don't think there's much difference in scheme besides just they do a good job getting their playmakers the ball. 
Coach, you've talked a lot about the, you know, just the depth and wanting. You, you rotate a lot of guys in on the field. Just talk about how that's that's gone, and you know, the, the seeing a lot of different guys come out and making plays. And you know, Max Tuli came in, made some big plays for you. Chaz Ayu, you know, some of these guys getting opportunities and making the most of it. Yeah, I think it's. I think depth is important when uh, you have a schedule like we have. When you're when you're playing a lot of a lot of good teams the, the whole year. You've got to have depth because guys get banged up, and it's just the nature of the game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And so um, those guys that uh, haven't been getting very much playing time, they've got to be ready when their number's called. And so we've got to we've got to work extra hard, and players have to work extra hard in their belief that uh, they'll have their chance eventually when they end up moving up the depth chart. Where does Kyrus rank among the great defensive tackles that you've coached? He's, he's a good player. You know, I, I don't uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know where. To, I don't know where that is. That, that's. I think that'll time will tell where he ends up uh, as far as his future and, and what he's doing. But he's got a lot of ability. Were you at Utah when Star looked to play? I was, but I was on the offensive side. Yeah. Are you expecting Zane Anderson and Sawyer Powell to be available this Saturday? Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. And and that's that's kind of how it is. The whole year, it's. Uh, you know, guys that uh, may be banged up right now uh, come in and end up practicing Wednesday, Thursday. We feel good about it. But if they're not practicing by Thursday or miss the, the last pad of day on Wednesday, then sometimes we, we make the decision to pull back and just hold a guy. What did you think of Malik Moore and Bo Tanner stepping in and relief those guys? Yeah, I, th- I thought they did a good job. I mean, there's always going to be things that you look at when a guy gets into the game and is, is a young player and they make young mistakes. But that's uh, that's part of also taking your lumps when you're playing young guys is is uh, – they might make a couple mistakes here and there, but then those mistakes aren't are not repeated, and um, you grow a little bit more trust, and they grow a little bit more confident, and uh, you just get better as a team that way. How do you feel about Was Chaz's emergence one of the reasons you were able to move Zane back? You were happy with what he was doing at Flash. Yeah, you know, I, I think all of that um, is is going to end up being part of what you do. It's trying to get the best players on the field and and uh, allowing your players to do what they're best at. Were you involved in the recruitment at all with, with Puka Nakua, the Washington wide receiver? I know Kalani and you guys offered him way early when he was like a freshman. Were you involved in that recruitment at all? No. no. Do you remember anything about him from his high school days? No. Okay. Well, with the way the defensive line is playing, it seems like it's pretty different than when, what you came in with with the 4-3, one-gapping system. Can, can you maybe speak to the d- evolution of that system and the reasons? We've for- always been odd. I mean, you go back for the last how many years. We may have been a little bit more four down than we were odd, but we've always had it. It's all, There's always been a mechanism for us to play it, and and so now it's just depending on, on uh, who we're facing, what we're defending, when we feel like we need to be in, in one front versus the other. We'll, we'll always be a little bit more multiple in the front. Do you have packages where you put in all your big guys, you know, for a yeah. yardage situation? Yep. You, you, you would have saw that against Tennessee, which is a, a package that we may not have uh, called upon in the Utah game. When we're like, you know, in hindsight, I look back at it, and I thought that we should have had that package ready, but but we have it. If you go back and look at the Wisconsin game, it'll be the same thing. Six D linemen on the field with guys like Corbin that can end up playing backer. But against Tennessee, we ended up in the second half go into four D tackles instead of uh, two D ends and two D tackles. What do you credit to the confidence of, of this team that's kind of been instilled where it feels like regardless of the situation, they, they feel like they can come away with a victory? I think I think it's attributed to the kids and the culture, you know. Uh, great head coach that's been pushing, pushing his culture, pushing uh, the uh, a culture of belief, a culture of learning, a culture of love, um, and the kids really rallying it behind, behind it. 
um, you know, obviously when you end up winning games and there's you you kind of feel like it's it's working, but uh, you know, Kalani's done a really good job, win, lose or draw, sticking to what he feels is is important and having the kids rally behind it and the kids are coming together now because of it. Quarterbacks tend to get more comfortable with what a defense is given them as the game goes on. The last two games, it seems like Tennessee and USC both became more uncomfortable as the game went on. Um, I mean, were you throwing more stuff at them? I, I mean, what are the reasons for that? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's a the schemes are always going to be a chess match. It's always going to be you know the battle of wills as far as you sticking to your game plan, them sticking to theirs. Um, the, the picks early and the sacks early, I'm sure, I'm sure rattled them a little bit. Um, but they went uh, back-to-back picks uh, from Series 2 to Series 3. And so, um, you know, if I'm a coach and I'm saying, you know what, we're not going to win the game with you turning the ball over, we might change the way that we're playing. I mean, I think that's a smart thing to do. But I think that was part of uh, what we needed in order for us to be successful is a sack early and a pick early in order for them to maybe doubt, you know, the, the process that they wanted to stick to and, and uh, maybe tell us, to, you know, or our belief system and just stay sticking to it and uh, making them earn it down the field. Was, was what was working, and we were going to stick to it. Speaking of quarterbacks, their quarterback up there in Washington is one of the new guys, but what kind of stands out as you sort of first scout him, I guess, since he's one of the guys you're sort of first scouting? Yeah, he's, he's got an amazing arm. Um, he's got uh, the ability to throw um, and, and put, put balls in windows, and I think he's a really talented player. There's BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Now let's turn our attention from Provo and the impending game with Washington to the Utes trip to USC, the conference opener with the Trojans Friday night. You can see it on FS1. Andy Ludwig, Utah offensive coordinator, meeting with the media on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tyler Huntley is obviously playing very good football right now. What's been the secret to Tyler Tyler's a very gifted athlete. He's very uh, motivated and driven. He's doing a nice job, but he's got plenty of things to improve on, and he's working hard at it every day. What are you happiest with with the offense overall so far? Uh, uh, we play hard. You know, we got we got so many things we need to tighten up and refine and continue to grow and develop as a unit. But uh, the guys play with great passion and great effort, so that's a great starting point for us. What are you seeing out of uh, Southern California's defense? Yeah, uh, very, very athletic, multiple on defense. They've got to be uh, on top of all our adjustments at the line of scrimmage because they're moving around a lot. Uh, but mostly they got they got great, talented players all the way across the board. Great respect for their athleticism. Your offense has a lot of kind of particular complexities about it, tight end shifts, blocking assignments. How do you feel everyone through out-of-conference play is kind of grasped at, specifically your quarterback? There's... Yeah, we all we all have a lot of growth ahead of us. Uh, each week, there's a little bit more added to it. But while we're adding on to it, we have to continue to refine our details and fundamentals and the techniques required to execute the schemes. But the guys have done a good job. But we're we got we got so much work ahead of us. Uh, you know, it's every day's a process. Do you implement new stuff as the season goes on? Uh, new wrinkles. You try not to. If you introduce brand new concepts. Uh, you're asking for trouble, uh, so we just try to vary vary the concepts within the existing system right now, and uh, try really try to keep it pretty simple for the guys. A lot of your players have said they haven't seen. We haven't seen a lot of your offense. Can you say how much we have seen? I guess there's a lot that's out there still. Every 
games worth. So that's about yeah, that's about. So yeah, there's 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 plenty of things, but it's about the players. It's about the players, not about the plays. So again, the kids are doing a good job right now, but we're looking to do a great job. So we got some work ahead of us. There's a balance between avoiding interceptions and being overly cautious, and Tyler seems to be right where he needs to be in that regard. Would you agree yeah, with that? I agree. I think you know that number can be can be misleading if a guy's checking the ball down uh, right away. But he d- he's doing a nice job of pressing the ball downfield on some shot plays. Uh, you know, we haven't thrown a lot of intermediate routes. A lot of things have been short and deep, but not a lot of intermediate routes. But as the season goes on, I know those situations are going to arise when we have to do it. And that's when the quarterback's decision-making will have to be at its very best. What is it about Zach's skill set that is impressive to you that you wanted to tailor this offense toward? Uh, there's a couple things. Again, getting the chance to see him in live in action in games, was it's impressive. Uh, the ability to be an eraser. If a play's not blocked exactly right, uh, Zach's, Zach's going to make it right. So you got great appreciation for that as a play caller. Uh, his vision is outstanding. And then his physicality at the end of the runs has really been impressive. I didn't ha- quite have that impression watching the film from last year, but seeing it live and in person, great appreciation and respect for the way he finishes plays. Identity has been a big word around here. Do you, do you feel like your offense has established that identity so far? I, I think we're working towards that. You know, we want to we want to be uh, tough, hard-nosed, physical offense. And again, like I said, one of the, the things I'm most pleased with, our guys play hard and they're tough. And uh, I know we're not a grab bag offense, so I, I think you know there's some there's some identity to it. Coach Brittingham was talking about how you guys haven't run as many plays as most teams this year, and he was happy about that because of, because of rest. Is that something you guys try to do on purpose, like no, not to? No, I mean, I, I would love to uh, run a lot of plays, but we, we huddle most of the time, so that, that takes a couple extra ticks off the clock. Uh, uh, but I think we're efficient in the huddle. We're not we're not wasting time at the line of scrimmage, things like that. It's just it's just again part of the process of where we are offensively. Uh, but uh, the, when you huddle, you, you get a couple less plays a game. So that's just the way it is. I feel very comfortable with that. Do you remember the last time you lost a game at Utah as the offensive coordinator? Uh, it would be in 2007, the last game of the regular season. Is what I remember. That's about all I want to say about that. <laughs> so you scored on offense for last time. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the distribution to the wide receivers has been almost even across the yeah, board. Yeah. Is that is that one of your hallmarks? Yeah, yeah it's uh, we again. We've got some plays that are tagged with certain players because they do they have a unique ability. Uh, but most of the stuff in the drop-back game, the, the coverage dictates where the ball is going to, and Tyler's doing a good job of distributing it. And the thing I feel good about, he's not playing buddy ball or locking in on one guy, saying, I'm going to throw it here no matter what. And, uh, you know, I think as the season evolves and, and the couple receivers develop into lead receivers, you know, they'll, you'll see their receptions, their targets go up a little bit more. But right now I feel confident where we are. Do you guys get the sense that Britain's close to his 100% self now through non-conference play? I think I think he's really close, and you see it every day, getting a little little stronger, a little quicker, a little faster. And it was fun to watch him, you know, show some explosiveness in the last game. Got to, you know, obviously secure the football a little better, but uh, you know, he's got he's got some juice to him. There's Utah's offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig, and before that, Elisa Tuiaki, BYU's defensive coordinator. When we come back, Christian Capel covers the Washington Huskies for the Athletic. How good are the Huskies now at two and one, winning the two games they were supposed to lose, but or winning two games they're supposed to win, beating Hawaii at home, 
beating Eastern Washington at home, but losing the conference opener to Colorado at home. Where does he think the team is now? How much upside does he think the team has? How much can they improve before they play the Utes in November? Christian Capel covering Washington. He's next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Christian Capel joins us, Washington Huskies writer for The Athletic. He's on the Sprint Special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Christian, good morning. Hey, how are you guys doing? We're doing well. So Washington is three games into the season, and they beat Eastern Washington, blew them out like they were supposed to, and they blew out Hawaii at home like they were supposed to, but they lost to Cal, although that was a bizarro game with a long delay and went well past midnight and until 1.30 in the morning Pacific time. So what do you really know about Washington? How much is this a rebuilding year, and how much have they reloaded, and they're going to be a major factor in the conference race? I think it's it's a rare sort of rebuilding year where – I still wouldn't rule out the possibility of them winning the Pac-12 North and competing for a a conference championship. And what I mean when I say that is they're rebuilding in the sense that they have a new starting quarterback and they lost their all-time leading rusher at tailback and they lost nine defensive starters and included among that is a bunch of guys who were taken in the NFL draft. But the, the players who are replacing all those guys are really, really talented who um, coaches have felt really, really good about. It's just that they're relying on them to be big-time players at the Pac-12 level for the first time and be full-time starters for the first time and, and all those sorts of things. So I think that the coaching staff and, and fans feel really good about where the talent level is at on this team. Um, but you're seeing, uh, especially in that Cal game, that it's it's going to take a minute for some of that some of that to, those new starters to gel on the defensive side maybe figure out which of those young guys are going to be able to contribute the most right away right now, which of their sort of young playmakers offensively need to be on the field and need to be given more opportunities. So um, it's, it does feel a little bit like a rebuilding year just because, you know, I don't don't think anyone ever felt like this was truly a a playoff contender type team this season. Um, But I still think that there's optimism that they can compete for a conference championship. One of the weapons I see on offense is the tight end, Hunter Bryant. He's been having injuries in his college career, but so far it looks to be pretty good. He's a big-time player. How much do you think they're going to increase their production from him as the season goes on? Yeah, this is um, this is the best that, that he's probably ever looked in terms of like stringing together consecutive games of, of really solid performances. Um, you know, you could tell Jacob Easton really looks to him. I think he's probably their, their most dynamic pass catcher right now. Um, you know, he's, it's interesting. Uh, he's, uh, he's only 6'2", so you don't think of him as being like this big, massive player at the tight end position compared to some of the guys they put in the NFL recently. But he's by far their, their best pass catcher they've had at that position since Austin Safarian Jenkins. So um, he's... Uh, He's a threat, you know. He's he's one of the reasons I think, combined with with Jacob Eason's arm strength and, and sort of his pedigree as a former five star guy, why people thought that 
they could really improve the downfield passing game this year, um, even with the new starting quarterback. And that's kind of borne out. You know, I think Eason made a, a nice, easy throw to him up the seam for a 47-yard touchdown early in their, their game against Hawaii. And um, he's had a couple of other really big chunk plays. He's a guy that the defense has to be aware of, you know, on every single down. And when you're getting that from one of your starting tight ends, um, you know, I think that helps stretch the field a little bit. So I would expect Jacob Eason to continue to look to him quite a bit. Christian Capel joining us, Washington Huskies writer for The Athletic. Is it as simple as the Huskies would be 3-0 and right now if they had just been better in the red zone against Cal? Yeah, it sure seems that way. And it's interesting because the red zone was a big-time issue for them last year. I mean, I think they scored touchdowns only on like 58% of their trips, which was really bad. I mean, nationally, that ranked near the bottom. Um, and there was you couldn't really identify one issue. I mean, they would have they'd get it they'd get down there, they'd move the ball, they'd be putting together a nice drive and they'd have a holding penalty. They would back them up and set them behind the chains and they'd have to kind of scramble to to settle for a field goal and against Cal, you know, it really wasn't like they'd get down there and and just try to run the ball three times and get stuffed and you know, oh well. They get down there and and it's it's third and goal and They've got an easy touchdown throw from Eason to Andre Bocelli on a scramble drill, but Bocelli just doesn't keep his foot down in the end zone against the sideline and lands out of bounds, so they got to settle for three. And then they've got a fourth and one at the two-yard line, and they've had success all day in, in um, you know third and fourth and short situations. And um, a, a tight end moves and gets a false start penalty, so they got to settle for a field goal there. And had a bunch of drop passes and. Yeah, it was just, I think, you know, any game you lose by one point, I mean, you can go back and find one or two or three or four plays where off this had gone different or that had gone different. But it sure felt like in that game and in the red zone in particular, there were multiple tangible, solid examples of, like, if this receiver gets his foot down, this is a totally different game. If this guy doesn't jump here on fourth and one, this is a totally different game. So I think they really felt like their errors coming out of that game were self-inflicted. So Cal doesn't have a potent offense, and then the other teams that they played, I don't know that they're fair judgment of talent regarding uh, the Washington defense. I'm wondering, since they we know that they had the nine starters that they need to replace, and I know Miles Bryant is, a, is a, another one of these great defensive backs that's going to probably play in the NFL, but how would you evaluate them defensively so far? Yeah, I think that the real disappointing thing for them coming out of the Cal game was just how poorly they tackled and you know Jimmy Lake the defensive coordinator would would point out probably that that wasn't a a game long issue necessarily but there were two touchdown drives that the only two touchdowns that Cal scored both in the third quarter on consecutive possessions where just seemed like their running backs were were bouncing off every arm tackle attempt that that the Huskies defense threw at them and and spinning out of spinning out of tackles and guys not wrapping up and um, you know, you saw, I think you saw some of the youth show up. You know, they've got some young guys, um, playing at the outside linebacker position and, and there were maybe some, some contained busts that you don't normally see from this defense. Um, you know, they're, they're not real deep or experienced at linebacker. They, they are starting two seniors up the middle there, but they're full-time starters for the first time and, um, you know they're they're rotating in a couple of redshirt freshmen behind those guys, who I think fans are are kind of wanting to see more of as those guys get more and more experience under their belt. And so you know I, I think you're you've maybe seen guys get out of their gaps or, or not fit the run uh, 
totally perfectly more often than last year. I, I think it was easy to take for granted with a guy like Ben Burkirvan at linebacker that he was just going to clean everything up. And he made so many tackles, and I think he was able to kind of mask the, the few issues that they did have. And, and so now you take that guy out of the equation, and I think people are seeing kind of just how valuable he was at that inside linebacker spot. So, um, you know, they, they still haven't allowed more than 20 points in a game, which I don't think is, is anything to complain about. Um, the third quarter has been an issue coming out of the locker room. You know, Hawaii went right down and, and scored a couple touchdowns on consecutive possessions on them, and just, just like Cal did the week before. So, uh, you know, I don't know if if that's a, a major concern for them yet or, or what, or if there's just adjustments they're not catching up to, or if there are things that, you know, they're they're trying that, that aren't working or, or kind of what the deal is. But I, I think if you're looking for, for flaws defensively so far, that third quarter would be one that shows up for a lot of people. Christian Capel, Washington Huskies writer for The Athletic, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know, going back to that whole rebuild, reload thing, they had eight guys drafted. Two of them were corners. Did they at least reload a corner, or are they a little vulnerable there? Is there somebody capable of giving up a big play? Could BYU maybe exploit that? I think that they they still feel really good about how talented their secondary is just because they've recruited that position so well. Um, you know, they are starting a redshirt freshman at corner in, in Kyler Gordon, who he maybe got picked on a little bit against Cal, but um, yeah, I think he's he's still obviously very talented and, and still a guy who they think has a very bright future in front of him. He's he's the best athlete on the team, and you know had a, a forty plus inch vertical leap at their team combine, and is you know very fast, very quick feet, very athletic. So um, you know, I, I think he's just he's one of those guys like um, you know like Cam Williams, who's a true freshman that they're starting at safety, um, who. They expect to get better as the season goes along, but early on, there's going to be some growing pains, and, and yeah, there's there's going to be some imperfection, and there's going to be probably a, a couple opportunities for opponents. But um, you know, the other the other starting corner is a junior named Keith Taylor, who I think probably would have started on most other defenses in the conference last year. A guy they've really liked for a long time. I, you know, I think he's probably next in line for in, in the, the NFL cornerback uh, machine that Jimmy Lake is putting together here. So, um, you know, and Elijah Molden, another junior who's played a lot but is, is a full-time starter for the first time. He's at nickel, and they've moved Miles Bryant. Obviously, they're their one senior back to safety. So um, they, they've got a, an interesting mix of, of youth and experience there, uh, along with the, with the one veteran, Miles Bryant, who's played a bunch. So, um, you know, I think as they continue to gel and they continue to grow, there might be some some growing pains, sort of like you saw a little bit in the 2014 season when you know a really really talented group of players like Buda Baker and Sidney Jones and Kevin King kind of took their lumps a little bit early on, but by the end of the year you could see that that was going to be a really great defense. Yeah, I could, I could maybe see a, a few games where it goes that way this year. So Easton, the quarterback, he. He basically hasn't played for two years, if you look at it, with uh, not much and 17 and then redshirting and all that. And so now he's in there, and he didn't play well against Cal, at least statistically anyway. As much as I can remember, I kept falling asleep during the game. It was on so late. Uh, what What is his progression to where he's, people thought he would be at this point, and is he there? I would say he's a little bit ahead of where – 
the cautiously optimistic fans probably thought he'd be by now. And I thought he'd be, I thought they'd be playing a little bit more safe with him and maybe be relying on the quick game a little more and limiting the deep shots downfield and limiting decision making. But um, you know, they've they've opened things up some. Yeah, you know, the Cal game is a little bit of a different story. That's obviously a really really tough defense, and especially in the back end, that's not a secondary you want to just be, you know pushing the ball 30 yards downfield every play against. Um, I think fans were a little frustrated that they, they didn't take more chances in that game, that they weren't a little bit more aggressive with their play calling. But against Hawaii, against Eastern Washington, I mean, you've, you've seen exactly why everybody was excited about Jacob Eason. And the first thing you notice is the arm strength. And, you know, that's not just, oh, he, he can he can throw it 70 yards in the air on these go balls instead of 55 or whatever. It's, oh, he can fit this 15-yard this out you know, into a mailbox and he can put it right on the receiver before the DB even has a chance to react. And the ball gets to the receiver in time for him to gather it, collect himself and look up field before the DB is on him already. And, um, you know, he had a, a 37 yard touchdown pass to Aaron Fuller uh, against Hawaii with one-on-one coverage as Fuller just kind of running uh, along the, the middle of the end zone there. And he, he put it in a spot where only he could get it. And he really, wasn't all that wide open and you know I, I don't know that there's another quarterback they've had who could make that pass without the defender being able to cut it off and, and get an interception so there's just been a handful of throws like that where you're like okay yeah this this guy's different this guy gives the offense a little bit of a different look he, he can just he can make some things happen with his arm that you, you just don't see from a lot of guys in college football okay so he's got all the physical tools uh, BYU dropped eight against USC and was able to come up with three interceptions. Do you think they can do something like that, confuse him with zone blitzes, drop eight, or is he got, uh, has he got all that stuff wired? I think he is the kind of guy who is going to struggle if you can get pressure on him, which is you know, kind of no doubt. I don't know that there's any quarterback who doesn't struggle when, when he's faced with, it, with consistent pressure. But, um, you know, he's, I think his escapability is a little better than – you might assume, but he's still not the most mobile guy. Um, so if he's having to move out of the pocket or if, if he can't set his feet and go through his progressions and go through his reads, um, I think he's going to have a hard time kind of you know creating things outside the pocket. Uh, and you saw that a little bit against Cal. I think he was he was sacked three times in that game and pressured a bunch. And um, you know I, I, I just think that uh, Washington's receiver core right now isn't to the point where you can rely on them to get early, easy separation against physical defensive backs and, and you know, create situations where they're, they're open so early in the play that it's, it's just an easy read for him and, and he can make the throw before the pressure gets there. So I, I just think uh, teams that can, can confuse them with blitzes or even just push the pocket with, with four guys um, are going to have a lot more success probably than the teams that, try to drop a bunch into coverage um but you know they, they haven't really seen that yet so it, it would be interesting you know what the answers would be or what, what sort of options the coaches would try to give him against a team that tries to just load that second level and, and make things difficult that way well speaking of receivers uh utah's own pukunuku every time he catches a ball it's a touchdown <laughs> that's right <laughs> one yeah one for one um boy you talk about a guy that UW fans are just clamoring to see more. And it's been that way from day one. And, you know, Chris Peterson, I think before the season even started, you could tell a little bit just from 
some of the run he was getting in fall camp made clear that, yeah, this is a guy who's probably not going to redshirt. And with that sort of being known, I think people were a little bit frustrated how little he played in their first two games, especially with the way that some of the, the starting receivers were dropping the ball against California. You know, this is a guy who's who's a little bit taller, a little bit more physical, kind of has that catch radius. You know, obviously everybody's seen his high school film and just the crazy numbers he put up down there and, and um, just his ability to go up and get the ball, attack the ball, high point the ball, make plays. I mean, that's exactly the kind of player that this receiver core has really been lacking the last couple of years. And so I, I think especially especially now, especially coming off the Cal game, and then you, you add in the, the fact that, yeah, he's he got a touchdown pass literally the only time he's been targeted in his career. I think people are, are really eager to see more of him. And Chris Peterson has, has made pretty clear, too, that they plan on getting him in the games more. Um, you know, for a true freshman, I think it's just a matter of picking up the offense and understanding your blocking assignments and knowing exactly – where you're supposed to be on every play and what your job is and all those things. And I think that the more he progresses that way, the more they're going to have to put him on the field because uh, he's just, he's, he's a natural playmaker. He's a guy who's going to make things happen when the ball's in the air. So um, I don't think they can afford to leave him on the sidelines for too much longer. Well, Christian, uh, we appreciate a few minutes. You want to make a pick for the game or is that not the kind of thing you do? Uh, I, I don't mind. I haven't really thought about it yet. I might have to get back to you on that one. There's Christian Capel from The Athletic. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending? The headlines are on the way. Stay with us.